0: Hello and welcome to episode 364 of the Filmmakers Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk filmmaking, from indie film to studio films and everything in between. How to get them made, how to make them, and how to try not to royally F it up, in our very, very humble opinion. Today on the show, we have director and writer and actress nadine crocker she's here to talk about her rather fantastic feature film desperation road which she shot in 16 days uh, which stars mel gibson garrett headland and willa fitzgerald she sits down with dom Lemoire because i was away in austria filming at the time dom is away right now filming so he can't do the intro so we flip flop in for you for this one, but Nadine, um, I've just edited it, and she's incredible. It was a really, really brilliant chat the two of them had. Nadine talked about how she raised finance for her first film, uh, *Continue*, uh, how she learned to wear all the hats, and how she went from acting um, in the film to directing and writing it, and how it felt like film school for her. She also talks about how she managed to persuade Cassian Elwes on, as a producer on her films. Now, Cassian Elwes, if you don't know, is the producer of movies like The Butler, uh, Mudbound, and Eye Origins. Um, she also talks about working with her rather fantastic producer, Michael Ferris Smith, why she took time working on the script, trauma, and creating threads inside, inside the words. She talks about casting and depth, what her pitch was like to Mel Gibson, how she spoke to him on the phone, and how you should write letters to actors. She talks about staying present and why you need to know your shit on set. And she also talks about being a suicide survivor and how that has influenced her work and why a director is only as good as their collaborators. And not only does she give it some amazing advice for filmmakers starting out especially she also talks about why being overprepared and knowing answers is vital and why she doesn't show her lookbook ahead of time to her crew like i mentioned nadine crocker's first film as a director and writer and producer was *Continue*. but before that she'd acted in various feature films and tv including supergirl and cabin fever But it's Desperation Road, which has really put her on the map, not only as a writer and producer, but as a fantastic director to watch as well. This is an action thriller that Dom absolutely loved. He loved this film and he raved to me about it and his chat with Nadine afterwards as well. And it totally makes sense and you will learn why uh, once you've heard it. And if you do like it, do jump on our Twitter and our socials and spread the word about this podcast and Nadine's film Desperation Road and get it seen. She shot this film in 16 days, people. 16 days with this level of talent. Check out the trailer, if nothing else, because I'm about to play it now. But why not watch along at the same time? (laughs) If you can do that, if you want to pause it and try and set them up. I don't know why you would, but anyway. But um, just before I play the trailer, next week we either have the killer team. This is David Fincher's latest film, The Killer, starring Michael Fassbender. And we have on his team, we did this... Two years ago, a year and a half ago, on Mank as well. And we got his production designer, his DOP, and, and his makeup and costume team. And we've got a similar setup this time. So it's either the team who made David Finchers the killer, or we've got Nando Fordor and the talking mongoose uh, director and writer Adam Siegel, and the producer Claire Bateman King. So it's either one of those two next week. We will work it out in the middle of the week. I don't know yet. Uh, <laughs> but for now, don't want to waste any more time. This is the director and writer of Desperation Road, Nadine Crocker, talking about how she got it made. It's an absolute belter. But first of all, I'm going to play the trailer of Desperation Road for you to get you in the mood. So sit back, relax and enjoy.
1: What are you doing? I'm back to my room. I didn't do nothing. Y'all never do. What are you doing? What your face?
0: This little going away present from the boys.
1: They let you out early. You ain't out of my reach, boy. You're being awful hard on yourself. We can be forgiven. So What's going on here? Ain't no point in keeping it a secret. One of our own shot with his own pistol, which we can't seem to find.
2: I want to stay with you, and if we're going to stay together, we have to go right now. Don't move get in the truck
1: turn on the car and
0: drive oh i think i'll hold on to that Saint Jude, gun just give it back to me yeah, i will you tell me a little belongs to you.
2: i shot him until
1: he wasn't moving no more i know a place you can go somewhere safe i'm gonna trust you you're gonna have to trust me what the hell is going on you need that old place i'll explain everything later all right i got your back a woman came into the shelter, a little girl. Now lady working there says she found a pistol on her before she took off running. I just need to know if Russell stayed here with you the night before last. As far as I know, he was here. We
2: got one brother dead. I ain't looking to be another. It seems like you and I were tied together by some sort of invisible role.
0: Just do the best you can for right now. You don't worry about tomorrow until it comes. Baby, somebody help us! This
1: is the end for us. Life's a whirlwind. We're all caught up in it.
2: Cool. Have you got the pop-up to accept recording come up?
1: Yep, I already pushed okay.
2: Oh, amazing. Great. Well, welcome to the, uh, the Filmmakers Podcast. Um... I was really excited to watch your film actually even even from the trailer. Uh it, it seemed like my cup of tea and, and I think um film noir especially is is a really fascinating subject. Um especially when you kind of go into the neo noir and the the emotional side which this really does have. Um so and I, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was absolutely captivating, brilliant performances, uh really distinct mood, uh, and it just felt like a really polished film um so um how how are you feeling it's it's out there in the world
1: uh i'm feeling I'm feeling really good you know it's it's i mean full disclosure this is my first film's like release to the world like you know desperation Road is actually my second film, but it mm. because of the strikes and the weird times, yeah, it actually beat my first film out, and you're like <laughs> so it's it's like that nerve wracking feeling where Feel like you've been keeping the secret for so long and you're so ready to like yeah, share yeah. but you're also like holy shit i'm sharing it yeah. you know that's a real ride of it all but i am i'm i'm really proud of what we created you know i'm, I'm <laughs> i we did it in 16 days
2: that's ridiculous like, yes. what that you is, just watched that is ludicrous
1: days yeah. I-
2: <laughs> I, I, I yeah, I can't believe that. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. So, so And well,
2: nights as well, like 16 nights, I, I suppose, like, because a lot of it was in at nighttime, which further complicates things, I guess, but also
1: oh, gives it that, that mood. Yeah. Well, but it's also with our film in particular, it's actually, it feels like a lot of night, but it was actually perfect splits. So we what had it? To...
2: That's so interesting. Because yeah, like... when I think of it, I immediately think like the, the mood and, and everything, I just think of night. So yeah,
1: dark and moody. I wanted yeah. you to feel that. I wanted you to feel isolated and like, God damn, is there ever some light in here? You know? Mm. But it actually was. So we had to perfectly time to where if we ran over at all, we didn't have enough daylight to get yeah. what we needed. And we and then we wouldn't have enough nighttime. You yeah. know, so it's just like it's a constant mix of like. like oh god but you know you just never feel like you have enough time money or anything especially on you know a smaller film like this and with us only having 16 days it was like you did not you we had to make really hard decisions i had to make very hard decisions and you know as a director you prep so much stuff and you have this very distinct vision hmm. and, and you know for me personally as a director i am like an over preparer like my ad team would laugh at me because they're like okay let's grab her binders the sort
2: of the tome of, of preparation with all your notes. literally yeah. they,
1: they like laughed but they also respected the fact that like you know, because all that work you're you're looking at, like, all those binders are carrying, like, that's done for free in the shadows when you're hoping yeah. you get to make this movie. Because when you actually get the green light, you're like, okay, now go find every location you yeah. need. And a place you've never been with, like, crew you have, like, you're still yeah. collecting. And, like, oh, yeah, you only have three weeks because yeah. of that.
2: Schedule and and that really is like I mean going back to the schedule I mean I, I've I've done a film for seventeen days and it it, it was impossible like it, it it actually is impossible because you're sometimes you're doing four to eight pages a day or night um, you've got stunts to deal with I mean you you do have some really good stunts in your film and choreography and and you know guns are involved it it just there just isn't enough time even if you're just doing a single setup with actor versus actor in terms of. You know what the script was like, um, and then you're given the schedule, and and you're going through that process. Did you have to sort of cut anything back, or were you just like, right, we're just going to go for this. Uh, we'll find a we'll find a way through. You know, to get these number of pages done.
1: I mean, like, legitimately, it was it was all of it. Yes, we had to prepare in a different way once we found out the schedule. They didn't tell me I had 16 days. They <laughs> they, they like were trying to keep me in the hope and glory of like you're making your movie. But remember that and on the flight, i'm like yeah it dropped from 30 to 25 and they're like Ooh. oh but actually it's 16 now and i and i wow. was like
2: i mean that's a huge drop that is a huge drop it is a huge drop when you mm. only
1: have three okay so and also the month before mm. so i had gone and scouted all of mississippi like amazing yeah my own pocket was like no yeah, i yeah. have to find this i don't care you guys like we'll figure this out later And a few weeks before we were leaving, they switched it to Kentucky.
2: Oh,
1: no. (laughs) I'm like, wait a minute. You're putting me in Kentucky. I don't have a single location now. I have three weeks to prep only because Mel has a hard out for other dates. Yeah. And I have 16 days to shoot a film, which has two car crashes, a Mm -hmm. sexual assault, a minor every single day of set. Yep. Um, Like you said, gun. Yeah. Like, I mean, it was just like. Chaos yeah they basically we like how does the math like yeah. <laughs> up?" and like when you were just saying oh wait how many pages did you say you had to like, do like four, a-
2: four to eight a day with stunts as well yeah i yeah. was
1: just about to say so you know exactly that mm. feeling most days were like nine to ten pages a day yeah. like there was days that were like even higher than that i do not yeah. even want to,
2: like, <laughs> yeah think some 12 pages
1: <laughs> <laughs> where you're like yeah this isn't the math it's not possible <laughs> you yeah. know like, how are we gonna do this but but what's funny is when you're in it, like I don't know, do you feel this too? Like you were like, I mean, my DP looked more frazzled than I was. Just kind of like, did up my boots and was like, "All right, here we go." Because I'm like, I'm in it now. I've already left my family. Yeah, yeah. Now yeah. all there is is not sleeping, not eating, yeah. no water, work twenty four <laughs> hours a day, yeah. and like, and uh, and you're just game because you're still so happy to be there. But That's it is. It. It's overwhelming of like, oh, my God, what, yeah. how exactly do I start changing I think, the vision to morph to this? I,
2: I think there is just like a there's a there's a base level of stress that if you're even remotely human, you'll be you'll be feeling. And but I mean, but at the same time, I, I, I feel like there's there's also this this part of it that's just you just switch off to the not not, you know, the, the, what's happening tomorrow, what's happening the next day. You, you just focus on the scene and you get the scene done and then you get the next scene done and in the back of your mind when when you know there's only that m- number of days you just have to it's just like well we will just have to get it and that that just seems to be and and i f- i feel like the crew you know if you've got the right crew around you they'll just kind of fall in and they'll somehow make those miracles work and you'll just find those solutions and it's uh, yeah it, it it's, it's incredibly challenging it's an
1: incredible thing though when a when a team Joins together for the common, you know, Mm. dream, essentially. Because it was like, all of us were like, this isn't, this story is not possible in 16 days. Mm. We all said it. And then we're like, okay, but now how do we make it possible? And it was just like, no one, no one was sleeping. No Mm. one was, we were all working around the clock to make this dream happen. And my cast was just as committed. And it's Mm. just like, kind of go from how are we going to do this to all right, we're doing this, you know, and it's like a yeah. beautiful transition when that happens. But it, you know, for those first few minutes, you're definitely like, and what you said, it speaks to me so deeply, too, because I always joke. And I'm like, you know, in my lifetime, I've, I've had a lot of trauma. And mm. I was like, it trained me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Incredible Director. because yes. I have fight yeah. or flight now
2: yeah
1: yeah so I can work <laughs> in pure chaos yeah. and still will be like okay as to where someone else might have an actual meltdown yeah you
2: know? <laughs> I, I think I think that's such a, I mean we'll go into the trauma of the characters and and and, and the act you know the, the actual story a, as well but I mean what you have said is is such a fascinating insight and it's always why I kind of I don't know if this, this kind of resonates with you but I always feel like massively over yourself on all your starting out projects your shorts aim you know incredibly high because if you go through like crazy crazy stressful stuff when when you're you know training or it doesn't matter so much when you when you get onto those features where it does matter it, it's not the first time it's happened you have been through stuff before and there's a part of your brain that just sort of can turn an element of the stress off um I, I don't know. I mean, that's that's kind of my my, my experience with, with coping with those. Um,
1: well, I just... think you're a genius, and I love what you're saying. But for someone like me, I'm out of my mind. I went from acting and then, you know, just a little backstory into, like, how I got here is um, my first film, Continue. I am mm. my life savings. Me and my husband raised Amazing. every dime of capital. Yeah. We literally, in like, right when we went, we put ourselves through film school, essentially. Yeah so oh, i had never been behind a camera and now i was doing a feature film in yeah. like los angeles raising the money doing all of these things yep. we wore every hat you can possibly have and it yep. was just like but I, but again that training is it's ex- it's,
2: it's invaluable experience and, and so many directors don't go through that they, they don't sort of go through all the different hats and they don't sort of understand how all the different departments have, have troubles. So, I mean, that must have, you know, stood you in incredible stead. So, uh, I mean, just just to sort of go back to the start of this film um, specifically. So you'd made that film, that was your kind of first project where you put your life savings in. How did you go, how did this project specifically come to you and what was the kind of origins of, you know, getting it made, basically?
1: Yeah, so um, Cassian Elways, who is an incredible producer um lee daniels the butler dallas buyers club blue valentine like he's you know an incredible indie producer and Mm. he was an ep on my first film continue and Uh, okay um yeah and when he saw you know he he really just took me under his wing and kind of like you know was like i vouched for this girl but i I think he also was like let's see what she can do you know Mm. And when he first came to my fir- my film's um, screening that when I was locking the cut on my first project, he was so emotionally rocked and it was kind of like one of the best days of my life because like you're showing someone something that you created and that they helped you know you to create Mm. and just want them to like it and when he was so emotionally rocked it just kind of was like everything I ever had hoped for and from that blossomed this really close friendship between me and him amazing and um he really like took me under his wing and was like we have to keep creating together you know I want I want us to make movies together and so through that he brought me several scripts and I'm very very particular I was I was getting many Uh, offers at that time and mind you like we needed that money but i'm very particular about what i will attach to because for me um and with my backstory and continue being a my true story of like surviving suicide attempt and just like all of these different things in my life so for me my voice i really wanted the films i do to matter to have a message all of these things i'm very particular and so he had brought me a few things and it hadn't worked out yet and then he brought me Desperation Road and um, I read the script several times. I read the book and I had gathered, like, I don't, you know, I, I have a lot of thoughts when I come on to anything. I think yeah, like yeah, any yeah. director should yeah. have yeah, yeah, a yeah, lot definitely. of thoughts because we have very strong point of views and like things that mm. are very important to us, you know, like for me, I'm a mother. So the most important thing to me was the mother daughter relationship in that film. And yeah, You know, and I also feel that every character, it's a waste of a character if they're not likable. Like, everyone can be likable if we can relate to them, if Mm. we can understand a little bit about what drives them. You know, so Larry was very important to me. Mm. Um, So, yeah, so it started the journey. And, you know, for me, it was like, okay, well, next steps will be I sit down with Michael and I see how receptive he is to my notes. And Mm. because seeing my first film he was so receptive because he really respects my work. And so a beautiful collaboration started. And from there, we just really um, jumped in with both feet into cultivating the script to be what I believed it could be.
2: How did you actually meet him in the first place before before he sort of came across your film? Because, like I mean, that's a really important relationship in terms of getting this made. How you know just to jump back just that tiny bit of the anecdote beforehand? Like how did how did you first meet? Like what was it that first um, sort of drew drew him to you?
1: Well, Cassian is who told Michael like because Michael and Michael Fair Smith and Cassian have already done a film together um, based on his book The Fighter, but the name of the film is called Rumble Through the Dark. Yep. And so they worked together, and then Michael gave him the script for Desperation Road and see and read it and was like there's only one director i can see for this like and i think that she'll actually love this one because she's a mom because she yeah. you know all of the things yeah yeah and so um preemptively Cassian gave Michael a link to the film and was mm. like, you know, I don't know if sh- I don't know if she'll do it. I don't know what the deal is, but yeah. like you could watch her work so that when you guys sit down, you guys are familiar with each other's work.
2: Cause yeah, obviously sure.
1: he, he knows how I am. Like I, I'll read every book before we're having a meeting, you know, it's like, I just, I'm an over-preparer. Yeah. And, um and so he watched the film and, and that's how we were brought together all through Cassian trying to you know bring us together to see if we can make this film
2: and and so what, what was it that you did want to input as your your like own stamp in terms of like some of the notes um once you would got this script i mean what was it that was like you wanted to personalize and really develop before sort of making it your own
1: i'm well i'm also very very particular about story and yeah um, yeah yeah i'm not woman who turns on a movie and like within 10 minutes I can tell you exactly what's going to happen right I'm like like literally it it drives me crazy when I'm like I'll read a script and on page 10 I'm like it's hidden here yeah.
0: like
1: oh. <laughs> like you use this word twice to describe like I yeah. see it you know yeah. you didn't hide your breadcrumbs I see it yeah 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 so for me it's like I came in with a lot of story. I came in with a lot of character. I have, mm. you know, mental health stories are also really important to me. So it was clear that Larry was struggling. But, like, instead of, you know, so I'm trying to figure out the best way to say this. Instead of him just being a jerk, I yeah. wanted him to have a perspective to have like real grief. He's badly with mm. mental health, you know, all of these things. And like the book, if you've read the book, it's left very open ended. The, you know, like without saying it's not negative, it's just mm. a different person. It's just a different relationship between the mother and the daughter. The mother is just kind of in pure survival mode. So like she'll run, leave the little girl behind yeah. and like do things. And I was like, hell no, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. like that little girl needs to be in her arms. She needs me doing this. And like things silly as like, you know, maybe you noticed in the film that there was crayons and it was like a big theme. Mm. Like I had brought that in and the scene where the crayons are, are, are initially like ex- Shown was they were picked up At a diner and they were free You know and so it was to show That something that means nothing To us that we all take for granted can mean Everything to a little girl who has yeah. nothing. Yeah so you know I wanted so like there's Little things like that that are important To me that like you know some of me never Pick up on but they mm. might I think a lot of the Moms and a lot of the people watching like yeah. well You know yeah. it's like they understand Like you know there's some people that are like she's trying to escape. Why would she go for crowns? And I was like, that's yeah. what a mother does. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, I think one of the things that's the strongest about this and why it's such like a, a powerful watch is that those central characters, they, they, there is like a real connection to them through their their sort of trauma. Was that, was that sort of part of it from the start, like creating this um, this sense of hope from these very damaged people that sort of come together?
1: Yeah. I mean, essentially it was, that's all of us. Like yeah. that's why it's important to me. Like all of my stories kind of are flawed individuals just mm. trying to find their way in the world and figure this thing called life out. And so like all of us, it's like, we all go through trauma. Mm. We all carry it with us. Yeah. We all have flaws but we're all also lovable human beings capable of incredible things. Mm -hmm. And we all are connected, you know, and an act of kindness can change an entire person's life. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's like that. Those are those little threads that I wanted you to feel throughout. That's why it was so important to me when I first sat down with Michael. It's like, no one is unimportant and no one is unlikable and if larry like i just use him as an example because it's like a very clear like he's he's obviously the bad guy yeah. you know what i mean but i don't want you to feel that way i mm. want you to identify with he is an extremely damaged person yeah who has been through high levels of abuse who has been through he has then become the abuser he has mm. he, through high levels of grief he's battling his own mental health, you know, and suicidal ideation. Like, you know, it's all of these things. It's a man unraveling and through his unraveling, he's causing so much chaos in other people's
2: and and also it's this idea that that no one's i think i think that was that was what makes it very relatable is that the bad guys aren't just you know carbon sort of cut out bad guys that are just sort of psychopathic and they don't have any feelings you you actually get to see the i suppose the similarity in in a way that all all of these characters are kind of sharing is, is that they're they've had suffering in their past and they're all kind of trying in their own uh in their own way so i mean in, in terms of the the cast i mean they are so clearly defined um you know the characters you've created did you always have those actors in mind like what was the process in terms of casting um you know the lead roles in this
1: no i didn't have them all in mind i had garrett when i read it garrett headland i was like that's Russell. Like, there's no world where that's not Russell.
2: I mean, he's he's incredible. Like, he's really, really Oh, great.
1: thank you. I, I agree with you. I think I have been a big fan of his for a very long time. Mm. I mean, I think all of his work, but Country Strong was, like, the first thing that I went, oh, holy shit, this guy has incredible depths. And, like, as a director, the thing that I look at most, mm. what's happening here? Yeah. Like, we can be saying – we can be saying – <laughs> like, I love you, I this, I yeah, that, yeah. that's where the words are. But this is telling us a whole different story oftentimes because really, as human beings, we all pretend we're okay or we mm. all are doing this, that, and the other. But there's an yeah. inner battle that's always yeah. going. With Gary in particular, when you watch him, there is so much going on. That isn't being said, and mm. for me as a creator, immediately I'm like pulled to the person. Like, what are mm. you? Doing?
2: You
0: yeah. know.
1: So I was very pulled to his work um, for many years, and uh, Cassian. By the end of it, was like <laughs> every project he offered me, he's like, "Let me guess, Garrett Hedlund."
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: like a joke, but but really, I just knew I needed to work with him, mm. and and we would we would l- love to collaborate yeah. because. Like I come from acting, so to me there is nothing more important than
2: yeah, yeah performances,
1: yeah. the actors, the characters, like all of those different things. Again, you can have 16 days and not get to get half of my shot list, but if you focus on those relationships and those performances, you can still have a very strong film.
2: Do you do you ever struggle with like sort of either producers or sales agents where they're like, oh well, he's a good actor or she's a good actor. Um, you know, they're, they're well known, let's put them in the role, but they don't have that rawness. I mean, this, this is, I, you know, sometimes I feel like a, a broken record when I'm like saying, okay, you know, he's a great actor, like, you know, really, really good, but can he do in a turmoil? Um, are we going to feel something like that? Or is it just going to look like a performance and you know, there's plenty of performances where that's great, but if you're doing a story like this, you know, you really have to go into that. Do you ever, do you ever have those kind of pushback moments or, um, oh.
1: All the time, like, yeah. also, it's like you know, yeah. I'm not trying to be a jerk, but like yeah. producers are also like, Hi, my investor's a great actor. He'll yeah. also this. Would you like to put him in the movie? And you're like, No, not even slightly, but thank you. Yeah. they are like, you don't want steady cam every day? Not for that. No, nope. I uh, yeah. like you just have to stand your ground so many times when you're like, Yes, I would love study cam every day, but like that's not what I'm going to do. But yes, to answer your question, beyond like investors wanting roles, but yeah. like other artists, I think as a director, when for me personally, I have to be drawn to the person. Yeah. I just have yeah, to yeah, yeah. I agree. do this yeah. thing. And it's this intangible mm. thing that you can't really explain to a distributor, to a producer who's like, yeah, but they finance your film. And I'm like, yeah, but not the film I want make
2: that's it that's that's it it's it's so it's so hard to explain that and it's it's almost like because I suppose as, an, as a director, you have to get emotionally invested in the whole thing as well. So if you're not emotionally invested in your lead, who else is going to be emotionally invested in your lead? Like, you know, you might have a good film, but it's going to be it's not going to have the depth that you want to sink a couple of years into. And it, it's such a vital thing. And I, and I you know, it, it really is one of the most important. And that's why I think this is such a success is because everyone has that Um so, so how, how did you kind of cast the rest of the actors after Garrett? Was there a kind of, okay, we need to have this person to sell the movie. Um, you know, what point did Mel Gibson come in? Those kind of questions would be interesting. Yeah, to those explore. are the
1: next steps. But the one thing I want to say before you do that yeah. too, I mean, before we move on from that is we have to ask ourselves, is this something I'd stand by 10 years from now? I know I need mm. a film, but like, because you know, it's going to be part of your filmology, like for yeah. So like if it's not someone you believe in and you skimp on this one thing, mm. it could be the thing that haunts you for the next yeah. step. Of, like yeah. god I know I could have I know that movie could have been good and mm. I should have stuck with my guns or whatever else. So like that's what I always ask myself at yeah. the end of the day. Will I be proud of what I created? Because the truth is you can't control if a critic likes it, if anyone likes it and the world sees it, whatever they're like, you know, I always go back to like fight club got booed out of Venice. It was like deemed the That's worst. Ridiculous. Of that. I know. And so it was like raging bull, things like that. Mm. So the truth is, and David Fincher, like literally said, like Edward Norton had this whole, and Brad Pitt had this interview where David just looked over at us and was like, you know, we know that we made a great film and yeah. it take 10 years for other people to know that. And like, imagine sitting in the front row and getting booed at yeah. that film that inspired <laughs> so many of us
2: yeah so again i bo- I boo that audience <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> who is I'm that like, audience a, like I know. what kind of films are they watching like <laughs> I,
1: I know but yeah, yeah but the truth is is people do love to not like things sometimes and sometimes yeah, you really you can't really control mm. that so at the end of the day we have to ask ourselves if we, if we get booed out of venice can we be good with what we created and that's important.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, so Mel was next. We um we had always known, you know, like straight up filmmakers listening, like men finance the film like more often than the women. So like I think that the producers were like, okay, let's start here and then we'll find our way, you know. And so we had Garrett and then it was like, okay, now we have the older male lead. That's where we're going to need to find more financing and like what and and Mel was suggested to us, and from the second we like his agents or whoever suggested, yeah, it was it was API that suggested mm. him. We were like, holy shit, yes! Like you know, it was uh, for me. I grew up watching his dramatic work, and yeah, and also revering him as a director. I mm. mean, Braveheart, Apocalypse Now. I mean, Hacksaw Ridge. It's just his work is mm. deeply profound and emotional and all of the things so it was very intimidating
2: even for me. even lethal weapon <laughs> that was that was the one that was the one for me growing up i was like i always found that such a fascinating you know because again it's not like it's not your everyday like happy happy-go-lucky character it's 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 someone that's got some real like issues going on
1: yeah which is incredible like even his like comedic work had like deep levels of
2: mm.
1: of drama and beauty and character yeah. work but I mean, think back, like, Patriot. Yeah. signs Like, he's been one of my favorite, da- like, TV dads that you've yeah. seen, like, in movies, you know? Um, so, yeah, he was suggested. He read the scripts. Him and his team all watched my first film. They were very supportive. Next Steps were getting me and Michael Ferris Smith on the phone with Mel. And mm-hmm. um, it was... Such a nerve-wracking day.
2: You yeah, know, yeah, like your yeah. hands
1: are trembling and you're <laughs> like it. so fucking excited but also terrified. I mean, you
2: can prepare for that, but then you you can't prepare for it as well. I mean, how do you prepare so- for chatting to Mel Gibson?
1: Yeah, literally. And like mind you, you know, he's like talking to us as he's walking through his house and i'm just kind of like oh wow look at that view you know it's yeah. just like with mel gibson on the phone with you walking through his beautiful malibu home and like talking shop and you're like holy shit this is surreal take it in take it in mm. take it in because you'll never have those moments again you know yeah. so as as a human being i try and stay really present and like gra- grateful you know so when i got off i did my gratitude list and all of the things and it's just like it was such a cool moment and mm. we were on the phone for like two and a half hours it was a zoom you know and so um or actually it might have been facetime i don't know Mm. either way we were on camera phones and like all talking and um it just went so incredibly well because he is a very supportive very kind person and if you Mm. have right answers if you know your shit Mm. he respects that you know And, and that's all actors like it's not just mel who take like if you have the like the answers and you are passionate, passion is contagious. Like, mm. you you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you can be here and you can talk to people who are great directors or have made cool films. But like, they're kind of like, meh. But it's just like when someone's so excited by the opportunity, it is mm. contagious. And. That's something I've never hidden um, through the process of casting. And I, before any cast comes on, I write them a a personalized cast letter as I'm sure you and most directors do. It's like, Hey Garrett, this is why it's you. Hey Mel, this is what I do. Um, But I don't play it cool. We all joke and we've now called them my love letters because like,
2: they are Yeah, so It's it's difficult isn't it it's difficult to get the balance right because on the one hand you want the actor to know you know they are your favourite because of the x y and z reasons about their personality and their performance but then at the same time you also don't want to seem too keen like where you're, where you're like, <laughs> you know, the the sort of secondary like school kid, security, like,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: So it, it's 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 a tricky balance. Um, but I suppose those those letters are are your first attempt. I suppose with your like to connect with them on a personality level, because I suppose these these actors, no matter how big they are, they're also thinking, can I work with this person? Are they reasonable? You know, where are they coming from? And
1: my like the letters, I try and show like. I'm either going to be for you or I'm not. And I think you'll know Mm. that from the letters too, is like, I hold nothing back. I tell you my story. Like by the end of it, I end it with like, I want to be the best and Mm. I will not stop until I am. And like, if Mm. you give me this opportunity, I will make you proud. I will like, Mm. like, you know, and those aren't my exact words, but it's basically like, I don't mess around and I have big dreams and big mm. plans. And like, you are a part of that. And I want your collaboration on this because, mm. like, I am going to kill it. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. And, but, but I'm also like halfway telling them my story. Like,
2: yeah. Those
1: are our chances to basically show them who we are in one page with very small font. You know, like, I'm like, oh, shit, this is three pages. Okay. It's size out you know yeah and maybe it is a little bit of my past like Mm. i'm a suicide survivor like Mm. i and every single day i'm on this planet i am absolutely thrilled that i failed and that i'm here living Mm. this life and i'm watching my dreams come true yeah and like i want it all to be for a purpose and so the films i choose are all you know, that's why I say I watch entertaining films. Those mm. aren't what I make. Like, like yeah. I make like movies that are going to fuck you up. Yeah. You know, like I want to. Sh- I want to make a film that sticks with you long after you leave.
2: Exactly. The yeah. Theater.
1: I mm. want it to linger. I want to make it make you ask you questions about yourself, about what would you have done in that. Like you know, mm. I want you think, and so. I want creators who are excited by that and, and that will dive in and will be extremely vulnerable. And this can be a collaborative process. And and I do, I think you're right. Like there are directors that are probably like, I'm the boss and this is this and, you, you know, and can be very seriously, but truthfully, yeah. in my opinion, a director is only as good as his collaborators. Mm. If a shitty production designer, w- what happens to your vision? Yeah. If you have, DP who can't stand working with you and isn't getting your vision. Yeah. How great are your visuals? Exactly. Actors yep. are not open because you're not letting them be, have a voice in this creation. Mm. How great are your performances going to be? It's like yeah. you can really micromanage everyone and you can totally be the overlord and like good for you, a pat on your back. But I find that you get people who are so keen to go to hell and back in 16 yeah because you value them Mm. i value their opinion and their collaboration and finding these characters together and finding what my little whisper can manifest within them they're bringing it to life and i get to witness that and i get to you know help and shape it and then shape it in the editing room (laughs) you know like that's where i mean i I truly feel like post i didn't know how important post was.
2: so um just just before we get to post um so just go back to just, just sort of to tie up the the acting thing we you know we're talking about vulnerability and there it's not just a couple of moments like the sad scene or the you know the the reveal scene like there's there's sustained depth in the performances and and extreme vulnerability like from you know all of the sort of three or four leads in it how what is your process to get your actors to that point like from? that initial phone call with Mel or um, Garrett, like how how do you sort of develop? Is it, is it conversations about the characters past the choice? Is it um, going more into the story? Is it leaving them to it? Like, how, how do you sort of get them to those places um, to create like deep, deep um, emotions on set?
1: It's so funny. I go quiet. I'm like, it is, it's, it's kind of like, it kind of just organically happens. But in the sense of, I think because I come from acting, when I read a script, like, I have this entire backstory that I've taken from these people's actions and from the things that I know. And, like, Mm. again, why as a director, I probably always will do an aspect of the writing. Like, I absolutely got Mm. very on and, you know, was helping to cultivate and rewrite and, and do all of that because... I also think every scene should be revealing a little bit more of the story or Mm. where they come from or, or why it is that they do that. Or, you know, so a lot of like, again, again, I use Larry as an example because I think it's a very tangible, but I did it a lot with the mother, with the, with Russell, with all of these different things and lessons along the way. And, you know, so... And then I create this whole story, you know, and the reason I think I use Larry is because we, me and Ryan did so much work on him, but it was like, when I read him, I totally, from the second I read him, like, was like, okay, this guy comes from a lot of abuse. He mm. has, um, you know, his father beat him. He took all of the lashings for his brothers, So his brothers really didn't feel like his brothers. They felt like his sons, you know, he raised them. So losing that brother was like losing his son. And, you know, then he found love and like, You know, so I had said to Ryan, I was like, he's a, he's a fighting dog put in a domestic situation. and All he wants is to be loved and to be in that situation, but you can't have a dog that bites around children. So out of self-sacrifice. Yeah.
2: And that, that contradiction was so important to his, all of those scenes, wasn't it?
1: Yes. And then it all starts unfolding. And then like, you know, when I was like when you hear those dogs like that inner dog and and like then Ryan does this howl i just got chills talking about it yeah. he just howls from the depths of his soul and yeah. and it's like so you don't know how like this little thing that we create that will manifest and the actor can take it but it's what they then start to create with that that like mm. so again, it's a collaboration i have ideas and i have these things and they have ideas in this and we build on top of that and then So we've done so much talking and, like, collaboration and exciting things of figuring out who they are before we get there that it's, Mm. like, when we're there, we're just kind of, like, okay, we know who these people are. But this Mm. is the situation here. This is what you kind of are trying to, like, get across. This is our mission. Like, this is what this scene is accomplishing. Now fly. And, like, I'm right there to capture it all. And I'm going to be very close to you And like – yeah. I promise you I'll get it all. You know, and it's like, and that's how we move. And it's like, you know, that's one of the things like I warn too. It's like, you have to be really cool with having a camera like two centimeters from your face. I want to be in there because that's where we get that little magic. And it's like, you know, that's the stuff that excites me is I have thousands of pages of preparation. But that all gets thrown to the side and then you're just in it and organically watching it unfold. And that's what magic that you couldn't have planned for happens. Mm. And it's so exciting to witness. And then you're just like, oh, my God, that, that. And then we're like, what if it and then it just keeps climbing and each take and each take. Now on a 16 day film, you're talking three, if you're lucky, takes. Realistically, somewhere one. Yeah,
2: that's it. You know, you get you get one or two or three takes all the time for each each setup, which is just yeah, you know, yeah, mad. The but... father
1: of son scene between Mel and Garrett. Garrett got one take because wow. that scene was like eighteen minutes to run through. Yeah. Organically, and because I cut it down and sculpted, and like that's what we do. Like yeah. post, it's important because of that. Like not to jump to post again, but yeah, <laughs> But Garrett got one take, and like. And I'm so incredibly lucky I'm working with profoundly talented actors because not everyone could have done that in one take, you know? But as I saw what he did, I was like, we have it. And he's like, what? And I'm like, we have it, I promise you. It's been incredible to, like, start to discover is... That really, most of the time, it has nothing to do with us. It has to do yeah. with how many scripts were already on their desk. They have to choose which four projects that are going at the same time, exactly. and it's, yeah. well, it's yeah. tricky.
2: That's it, and, and I suppose that's a that's a perspective that that occurred to me as well. Maybe it's not that you they don't like your script; it's that there's two other scripts that they personally identify with more, and you know, it's just a, it's just a, a, a too difficult decision to. Um, or something
1: fit, they want to tackle because yeah maybe exactly, it's a, exactly
2: yeah maybe it's they, their story exactly, yeah, exactly so so I mean visually as well, it's a really stunning film um I mean, you mentioned about getting close to the actors, which which i I really sort of appreciate as well i like I like sort of you know getting the camera close um it it's just it just looks beautiful. I mean there's some incredible shots at sunset um it really gets you into the this sort of cinematic you know high budget feel um what what was the process in terms of putting together the the visuals and and the mood um and the sort of the camera movement style that you arrived on because it does it feels very it feels very like polished and it feels very high end and it feels very seamless at the same time
1: oh god you're making my day because when you know it's a 16 day thing you're like jesus did i get did it come across what i wanted you mm. know like is is it all there because you know, I, and I think I know you know this feeling. Like you have this entire vision, and mm-hmm. then when you're running out of time in the day, you're like, okay, so I had six shots planned. I have two time for two. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. How do you choose? And for you, you just have to like go from the gut and pick what what feels right, and that you know mm-hmm. you couldn't out. right. But for me, um, in particular, you know something that. I I think I've touched on so many times probably in this conversation already is the preparation Mm -hmm. and if we aren't extremely prepared by the time we get there in my opinion and I also have anxiety so I have to do this (laughs) (laughs) if I don't feel over prepared and have all the questions like answered before I get there like I will probably feel overwhelmed in that yeah. time. So I want to know that no matter what, I know what I'm shooting. It just depends wh- how much time I'll know what ones to prioritize. And I mm. prioritize even on my shot list. I'm like, can't live without this. Can't live without this. These are optional. Mm. You know, so for me, it's like a, a very, very detailed shot list. Each shot that I design there, the size, the mood, the coloring, the lighting, mm. Um, how close I am, what I want, how the movement, how I want to pull the audience in like, all of those different things, and also had to factor in how much time do I have. Okay, mm. well, a dolly takes a lot more time than handheld takes, and yeah, oh, you know, if you get on steady cam, you don't want to go off of steady cam, on to stay the cam, you know, like, yeah. there's different things, it's
2: those swaps there's- that kill you, yeah,
1: the yeah. swaps that kill you, and like the setups that kill you, mm. you know, and, like. Again, I love Dolly more than anything. I love creeping slowly in, and I love abandoning on these really emotional moments and leaving them behind and watching them shrink. But it takes a long time to lay tracks to do this to do that, like you know, so it's so sometimes you have to prioritize and it's like, well, I did have this designed by this huge dolly shot to bring us in, okay, well, that's not achievable so you know, maybe I can do a zoom shot and and have it only be one shot, or like a ladder shot. And now, yeah. like, it's, you know, at the ballpark, it's like I have this big wide that's here. I'll have handheld in right here to yeah. make it an emotional piece. So yeah. I have three and now I have clothes, yeah. you know? I mean, like that,
2: That's the thing Like when you have, when you have a really good, you know, really good sort of wide angle that, that, you know, and it, you've got good lenses that the lighting's right. It, it can look incredibly cinematic and same if you can, I mean, I, I noticed quite a lot of the sort of Hollywood handy cam uh, style, style sort of, you know, shooting at, at times. And that feels, you know, it, it, it feels really weighted, especially when you're in those emotional moments. I mean, how, how did you find your your cinematographer um, and begin that that sort of you know collaboration?
1: Sai is like he's I I just couldn't love a person more. Cy si Turnbull is his name. We worked on my first film together. The universe kind of just brought us together. Then it mm. turned out we were a block from each other. Oh, <laughs> I well, found it, like an editor was suggested to me for Continue.
2: Yeah,
1: I looked at their work. And they had, like, four music videos with this dope cinematographer. And, like, the Killers video was the one that I was like, oh, my God, this is sexy. Mm. You know, had, like, intimacy and this and that, but wide and style and just, like, it was just was so cool. And so I cold reached out to him for Continue and, like, found his website, found his email and was like, I have a film. Uh, I want to meet with you. He literally wrote back and was like, I leave for the U.K. for a job, like, tomorrow. He lives in the U.K. and he's British. And yeah, so he um, was like, any chance you can meet me tomorrow. I'm like, okay. And so he read the script that night. He came up with visuals, created an entire, because I I had explained like for me to work with anyone on the film, I want to see the visuals you bring. I make these extremely detailed lookbooks. Like that is what gets passed on, because there's no question about what I'm going to do. I make a lookbook that tells you everything and shows you
2: visuals. Love a good lookbook, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's like my favorite part of like <laughs> yeah. finding the vision, even you know? if it
2: takes. Sometimes it's like you, you you agonize for months over like one image because you're like looking for that perfect image that describes something, and it's so hard to find it. And then when you, when you get it, it just shows off exactly what you're you're thinking. And and
1: exactly. Yeah,
2: it's a great sort of tool of communication to your HODs.
1: Exactly. But and but I try to not show my crew people until mm. like my crew members and okay. tell I've seen theirs too. Okay, Um, yeah, yeah. Because what I started to find, which is like crazy, and if there's crew listening, it's like if I gave it, gave my lookbook ahead of time, they would just pull images from my lookbook. I'm like, if I wanted to see my vision, (laughs) I took my lookbook. I want to see your vision. I don't want you to go what you said. (laughs) You know what I mean? But he showed up with this sick presentation of like how we kind of saw continue and all of those things, right? Mm. So – and then he worked for free with me for like a year. Wow. Developing the entire feeling. And like, I basically mm. shot listed the whole movie and then we went through the whole shot list together. Anyway, jumping from continue that project we did together. We love each other became a very great collaborative process. Yeah. I was in every scene of that movie. So it was so much trust was built there. Yeah. And then come to, there was numerous things that had come across my desk i was like contemplating doing you know some that brought me on to do a full rewrite so he was attached to some of those and then Mm. desperation came across my desk he was like i'm all in and so we started working and there was there's no funds in the beginning like you're trying to make an indie film work and he knows i produce most of the projects i'm on so i'm making that investment into a project i'm trying to bring to life So he did as well. And we worked silently in the shadows when no one like, you know what I mean? While no one else knows what the film is. We are working.
2: It's really important to have those people that like are with you, even if they're not necessarily doing, I'm not saying he obviously was doing a lot, but even if they're not doing anything, it's really important to feel like you have a team. I I feel, especially before you've got like the finance or the big producer or the big sort of cast member, like anything you can do to sort of put that, that project together, um or to have a sort of a sense of your your crew really helps um i, I feel in in terms of just keeping the momentum going and uh, and getting it to the point where it is actually a, a movie uh so that sounds like a that sounds like a really good collaboration between the two of you
1: yeah it is and and honestly it puts your like frazzled nerves at ease like once you have at least one key yeah, like, that's it. Yeah. in yeah you're like okay yeah. i have my cinematographer yeah so if we get the green light tomorrow yeah i'm not completely lost so yeah. I was like okay how do I put this together you know so like you start slowly building the team you know I was meeting with production designers before I even had the fine you know yeah, like yeah. trying to find the team that were really passionate about the story um, but yes long story short Cy and I have an amazing relationship in shorthand and you know for him he's a big commercial director- mm. uh, cinematographer I yep. mean he does so much big work um, and so I think I mean, the look on his face when he heard
2: 16 Days, I like
1: was a little afraid he'd be yeah, going to exit horror. the
2: plane.
1: <laughs> like he, probably yeah, shoots, I, he
2: probably shoots commercials that are that long. <laughs>
1: he, he does. He doesn't probably. Like, he did Coca-Cola. And oh, he did okay,
2: yeah, yeah. Huge, he's done Yeah.
1: and, and they shot film. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, like, like
2: Two two words a day or something.
1: <laughs> literally, if there was even more. You know, so, I mean, and he'd been through hell and back trying to shoot. Continue, we ended up and it continue was half the budget of desperation round, which I mean, not half like wait, 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 wait. but, and we had more days, more days on continue than we did on desperate. Round. So it was definitely intimidating, yeah. but that's when we were like, and we're so picky about locations.
2: Yeah. Well, you have, you have to be, cause like the, you know, the locations make such a, such a big difference to the mood and, and the feel. Like it is building a world. It's massively world building. Um, I mean, it's great. It's great. You went out and did that initially as well. I, I always say to people, like, if you can afford to go out and wreck your film before you, you know, before you even raise the money or do anything, it's it's just mood board material. It's it's and it's showing initiative as well.
1: Well, and that's why. So at at, at the end of most of my lookbooks, I then also have photos that me and Si have gone and shot. You yeah. know, like where it's like this was the world I was imagining. This is the actual yeah. world. Yeah. Exactly. You know. So I like to. Again, as much preparation as I can feel that it's in my bones, so that when I'm on that set, there's not I can answer everyone's questions. Mm. I have di- I have discovered the answers that I need to have, you yeah. know, and I have a very strong perspective and vision from that at that point. Yeah. Then they're like, "Hi, hey, all that preparation you did in Mississippi is all going to be taken away. Welcome to Kentucky. Yeah, uh, it's huge and
2: good chicken." A lot
1: of- yeah yeah exactly. <laughs> good luck finding your locations and we were just like holy shit and we have three weeks to do that yeah and so it was just like that it was me i mean no joke it was me si my production designer driving around for yeah. hours looking for places that stimulated us to build the world that we wanted to build
2: brilliant yeah um so you talked about air uh, post-production um <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll make sure you get to talk about post-production um so this was your first kind of full experience diving into that world like what what was the what was the reality having shot for 16 days um and then getting into the into the edit like was it everything did you manage to get everything that you hoped for was there any pickup days um how did that process kind of unfold
1: yeah so continue is where i cut my teeth that was my first experience ever okay. with, yeah. with post production but i basically leveled up in such a huge way from one to the next you yeah. know like everyone who i worked with was like you're like a different hu- like human you just mm-hmm. understand it. you understand it in a completely different way once you've
2: okay yeah, yeah. Your
1: head around header you know you're like okay this is where i can save things like that need to be saved that i don't have to kill a darling cuz i think i can make this work by this you know but, um, yeah, so there was no pickup days with Desperation Road. It Great. was the 16 days, and that was it. 16-day one uh, huh? Yeah. And um, with the – yeah, I, there was a few scenes that kept me up at night when I came home. You mm. know, like, you come home from 16 days, and, like – and you're just kind of like, do we have it? Is it there? Mm. And like, there were definitely days in the mix there that I was losing things that were very – upsetting to me you know because we have this distinct vision and again like you know whether you agree with me or not this is my stance like everyone on the production can have a bad film except for the director yeah we are held to a very high standard and if you screw up like you might not be given the chance and i hate to sound negative but it's true like i I, i've been you know mentioning this i think it's i listened to a interview whether this is just true or not but I heard something like it's only two percent of female directors ever get a second film so wow. i'm already right, yeah. amongst two percent don't quote me if the percent's higher than that yeah. thank god that's terrifying if it's really only two percent but so there's a lot of pressure so I was definitely you know of like i i care too deeply and so everything matters to me and um so I came home and there were some scenes that I was worried might not cut mm. and so I established this style of layering, so that maybe some of those like I'm saying this to you as a director because I'm oh, like I know I know yeah, yeah, tell no, my no. yeah so so
2: where you you mean you're playing on a playing on a shot without dialogue and then you're playing the dialogue to sort of cut into it or
1: no that's like a prelapse. I do that a lot too yeah. but no like um uh, the the assault or the running from oh, okay. the assault. Yeah. you know how i have flashes and then i layer so you see maven but you also see like oh yeah
2: yeah, yeah. another yeah. version
1: of maven and yeah. it's like layering images because yeah, i was yeah. like okay those things don't cut what's well, an but interesting now artistic way <laughs> now it's
2: art but, yeah <laughs> you know? but it, well it works i, I suppose yeah. it's about setting a rule isn't it it's like if you use it a couple of times and it, and it works and, and you're already establishing a few of these um you know flares creatively then again like you're it's it's congruent with the overall story and Maybe maybe it's maybe it's better than if you hadn't done it that way. I mean that sometimes it's those those moments where you find something really unexpected but but amazing.
1: Yeah. Well, and it's like you establish a style. Once I knew it worked, I was like, and I do. I, I try and find a style for each film. I wanted yeah. them all to feel a little different, and we embodied a different way of doing it in each one, so that they feel uniquely like my film. So yeah. once I did the assault. And saw that the assault worked the way I wanted it to work with the layered images. And that's how I always wanted it to feel like um, disassociation.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
1: like you're there and you're uncomfortable, but you're also not, if that makes sense. Like you're kind of distant from it because that's what a lot of trauma feels like. You're like over here, you know? So it was like, and I didn't want it to be, you know, traumatizing, like triggering for people who that might be there. Yeah, it's
2: finding the balance, isn't it? Yeah
1: exactly so once i realized once my editor i was like this is my idea like i want to see this and once she did it and like i'm like faster and she's like did it?" i was like that's it that is what we're doing in the car crash that is what we're doing moment in that moment yeah and so once we she understood that and we understood that it was like great now through this artistic way of doing this things don't have to perfectly add up we're we're doing them in the artistic way that we want yeah. to do right yeah. so like i didn't like the shot where may then turns and sees the car but i'm like but with a layered image maybe uh, i did you know and yeah. it's just like so it's making us fall in love with what we got and make it work and turning it into an artistic way that that i am excited by mm. That is, like, always the mission, right? Once I established, like, there was this one part I didn't want in the film. So I prelapsed. And I'm like, that's the style. That will mm, be used yeah. a thousand different times. And now it's a style. So, like, I've now heard from multiple people, like, I love how you'll bring us into a scene with words. And then you come in on a moment. I'm like, that's I wanted to cut three lines that I didn't like. And yeah, No. Yeah. But, you know, it is. But it it's works. Like-
2: yeah, yeah, it works because it gets gets to what you need yeah and and you know the thing is a visual moment is just as valuable on a, a great actor's performance as a word is um you know you, you that's that's what you're looking for really um, yeah. and, and and how did you I mean I talked about the the music earlier as this kind of courage in trauma uh, so that's kind of how it felt to me how did the the composing uh, inform like at what point did you kind of choose the you know the the, the direction that it's gone in basically
1: you know, for me in almost all my projects, I want a heartbeat. And I don't know if you you maybe picked up on this, but I want your heart to match what my drum is doing. Right. So I tell I want you to get their heart pumping. So I need Mm. the heartbeat. I need it to constantly be elevating. And so he finds and hides my heartbeat in almost every song, every tense moment. And so You know, anyone who's listening to this, who goes and watches Desperation Road, like listen to the assault or listen to any of those things. And it's or when he's clearing the house with the gun, it's like. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's
1: speeding up, speeding up, speeding up because I want you to feel so anxious, you know, and that's always my mission through the music. Is to make you feel what they're feeling through Mm -hmm. the performance, through the music, through all of it. So it's definitely a tall order that I ask of every, of every person and especially my composers. But like, that's why when it's done, like I am so proud of the music. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, And people like, didn't want to give us a little extra time and they didn't think we needed life. I'm like, yeah. I'll, I'll die on this cross. I mean,
2: the thing is like, if you, if you're, you know, the difference between your audience getting to like a six or a seven, how they're feeling at a movie or, or a nine is the difference between them, them raving about it to all their friends. Um, and you know, shouting and screaming from the rooftops that it's, it's an amazing, you know, life-changing film. And, um, it, it, it does, it's it's hard to get into the mindset sometimes from the, the sort of the, the business, you know, cold removed side of things. It's like, well, we can't do this and we can't do that. But actually, some of these creative decisions are so valuable to the film's success because, you know, it, it's not those, it's not those kind of surface level things that hook people and make money. It's it's the stuff underneath.
1: And and producers can believe that the audience, like, you know, I don't want to sound negative, but like hmm. that the audience is dumb and that they won't notice and that they won't, they, do.
2: Yeah, they do. Yeah,
1: <laughs> like I, I am a human being who has escaped like through cinema my whole life. Mm. I yeah. love yeah, yeah. it, and the, all of the films that have stuck with me all my life are the ones that made me feel something that I didn't know that a film could make me feel. It surprised me and shocked me, like the Sixth Sense. I talk about this all the time. Yeah. You remember, I just got chills as I said it. You remember that feeling yeah. of being like, holy shit, you duped me. A film can trick me. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah.
2: For me, it was the game.
1: Yeah, it's the game. I mean, David had on my arm, so I love him. Uh, yeah. So, like, the game, yes. Like, yeah. they they tricked you, but, like, do you remember the feeling? Maybe, I don't know if you like this movie as much as I do, but Requiem for a Dream.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Devastating so movie.
1: I was, like, yeah. nauseous. I was, yeah. like, sobbing. <laughs> But it made me realize a film can make you do that girl in a row. Like I run. those are the films that shaped me as a creator. Yeah. made me go, I have to do this. Yeah. Because we can do more like, and, and don't get me wrong. I love entertaining films. I cried when I watched the new Top Gun Maverick. Like,
2: oh, I mean that, that's like, you know, an astonishing film.
1: Yeah. I don't even really have an interest in doing these like magnificently, like entertaining, like more jets and like all the, i was so moved by the level of creation that they went through and that they i'm like you have put every person in this room in awe today and that is what excites me about cinema we can fucking affect people you know (laughs) and that's why i'm like okay you don't care about live orchestra well I'll pay this money out of my pocket because yeah. I do and to know it will matter. Yeah. You don't care if there's a camera shadow or this or that because no one will notice. I do. Yeah. So I'm out of my own pocket to make sure that we've cleaned up this or cleaned up that. Like, it all matters. And if we continue to carry ourselves at the level that we want to see done, no matter what it costs or takes, like, in the end, that's why. In ten years, I'll look at this film. While it might not have been what I always imagined, I'm still so proud of what we did in that yeah. time. You know?
2: And so you should be. It's a it's a fantastic film. Um, can I yeah. can I get one last bit of advice that you might offer your younger self? Maybe trying to break it into the industry.
1: That is a beautiful thing to ask. And two things immediately came to my mind, and those are the things I try and always follow. That gut reaction. First is. Being incredibly yourself, like there is only one you, Mm. right? And your voice and your vision is unique. And the more you lean into that voice and that uniqueness and who you are, like I feel like a lot of my younger years, I was trying to be what they wanted me to be Mm. or what I thought a person should be that was in that position or whatever it is. And it was like the second I went, screw that i'm me i'm extremely vulnerable Mm. i'm this i care about everything i this and that and that and those are the things that make me unique Mm. and like i might not be for every person but i think my people will find me so i would say to the younger me and to anyone who's listening Mm. this is like those things about yourself their strengths Yes, yeah. there's strengths because no one else possesses that. We mm. are all individual. Like, my trauma is what makes me
2: a good filmmaker
1: formed yeah. as a human being. It yeah. makes me a great filmmaker because each and every one of those struggles formed the person I am today. And now mm. I know I can get through a lot of shit, you know? So it's like rather than pretending that's not part of my past, I'm so open about it. And it helps people to connect. The more open you are, the more other people are going to be open. And you can have this beautiful dialogue and, and relationship because we're both being authentic. And that's where beauty comes from. Like, What other mission do we have as a director other than to create truly authentic, grounded work? Mm. Well, you got that by being yourself. And the second thing I have to say, because it was the first thing that popped up as well, is the script. Uh, yeah. yeah. The script, the script, the script, the script. Because my younger self was like, well, I'll keep my scenes in because, like, if we do end up with time, mm. I'd rather have that scene than not. That's what you think. <laughs> Let me tell you, my first cut of Continue, my first film... Was three hours and 40 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> longer than cares. the Titanic. Who wants to go on a ride on a film about depression and suicide prevention? Yeah. Three hours and 40 minutes.
2: That's a lot. Yeah. It's,
1: yeah. And and like, I mean, Cassian literally says to this day, I have absolutely no idea how you captured that in 19 days. Like, how did mm. you even get that much footage? Yeah. I don't know. I really don't know. But what I can tell you is when you're cutting it and cutting it and cutting it, There's nothing more painful than knowing I could have saved maybe $150,000 or $200,000 had I not shot any of those scenes. And I would have had more times for the scenes that – and your gut almost always knows, like, this is a filler. Now, as a creator, as I write my scripts, I'll get through it and be like, oh, I love this scene. And I'm like, you're never going to fucking keep that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I love getting rid of those scenes that you you kind of like but when you when you like really look at them and you just realize it's it's not needed and then as soon as you go if you don't miss it then you know you just know
1: and even sometimes I miss it but i okay I'm like, yeah yeah oh, but you know no but you're 100% right if you don't miss it like that is the strongest sign like get that thing yeah. out of there but sometimes you will miss it but it wasn't but... right anyway but it wasn't right anyways, mm. because you already said it in this scene. Why do they need a second scene? You know, like, there's even a moment, like, Desperation Road, for example. I knew the second scene with Garrett and his ex, Sarah, mm. that it wasn't necessary. But yeah. I love, and I love love. I'm, a, like, a hopeless romantic. My production mm. company is hopeful romantics. So, like, <laughs> yeah. I wanted to come back to the love. Yeah, It got cut it's yeah. in the deleted scenes it was yeah. not necessary and i freaking knew it and so again if you make those hard decisions as heartbreaking as they are it gives you more time to focus on your vision when you are on that set and i don't i say this all the time you will never have enough time and you mm. will never have enough money christopher nolan still probably feels
2: yeah he's like pushed for time yeah
1: when he's crashing the one jet he has yeah <laughs> Exploding a bomb that looks like an atomic bomb. Like, yeah. you know, so it's like they the pressures will always be there because your vision is growing, your budget is growing, the story is growing, your days, all of those things. You'll still feel the same feeling you're feeling in your 16-day production or your 19-day production, which is if it's not vital, put the rest of that time into. What is vital and what is important. And the harder you are on that script before you get there, as painful as it will be, the better position you are in. Because, like, Michael Smith's first draft was 130 pages. Wow. Like, yeah, Yeah. right. In what world is an indie film going to be able to make 130? Especially when we found out we had 16 days. So I cut that bitch down to like 92. You know? <laughs> that was painful, especially for Michael. Yeah.
2: And that, that that's the kind of length the producer enjoys as well. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, the producers were like, please needing like yep. <laughs> talk to Michael. We're never gonna get this. I'm like, I know. And yeah. and luckily Michael is so like game. Like if you come to him and you're like, let me explain, he's like, Okay, okay, okay. Like, let's do this and mm. let's get to the bottom of what's vital. And anyway so i'm yeah. very long-winded but that is my advice
2: <laughs> amazing well um it's been an absolute pleasure chatting and i really do recommend everyone goes out and watches desperation road because it is a gripping and very emotional thriller so um oh, yeah much. let's uh, end the recording now
0: <laughs> so there we have it that was nadine crocker as i told you wasn't she amazing uh, that was her and Dom Lemoir talking about her journey as a filmmaker and her latest feature film, Desperation Road, which is out now on Prime. Go seek it out and support support Nadine, uh, if nothing else, because she's given giving, she's giving you her time and her knowledge and so, so much great advice there. Uh, so if you can, go watch this film. A uh, link to it will be in the show notes. What about you? What are you going to do this week to get your films your TV shows you as a screenwriter you as a person as a producer out there this week times are still tough there's no question about it jobs are scarce and sparse but did you go to Raindance? did you go to LFF? were you around? did you put your face in the water bowl as it were and swirl it round and just say hello that's what's good about film festivals is you can go up to anyone and say hello uh, I will be at Raindown's tonight. I'm going to see Stuart White, who was my cinematographer on Wolves of War, and watch his latest uh, lens film, Warhol, which was directed by Adam Ethan Crow, who we must get on the podcast very soon. Um, so if you are heading down there, say hello pop and say hello to me um, and tell me what you're up to and try and do that to anyone else that's how you grow in this industry that's how you meet people that's how people know about you Uh, if you're sitting at home by yourself all the time people won't know about you a tweet now and again won't get you seen you've got to put yourself out there and do it and get in the mix it's hard I know it's not easy to do it Um, but sometimes you just have to so what else are you doing? Um, I hope you are doing something to make your films and TV shows happen and you're believing in yourself, even through the tough times when you think your script isn't good enough or your project isn't good enough. You are good enough. And that's all that matters. You want to do this business. You want to make a success of this business. And you want to be a filmmaker. Then keep going and believe in yourself. And if you are lucky enough to rise up and do well and it is your duty to send the elevator back down. We will see you next week when we have either Adam Seagal and Claire Bateman King talking about Nando Fordell and the Talking Mongoose or it's the team behind David Fincher's Mank. Or it could be a Business of Film episode. Who knows? Who knows? whole week before then. Anyway, thank you for listening. Really appreciate your time. Go out there, make something happen for you. Take care, and see you next Tuesday. Bye-bye.